Hello, welcome to a new episode of Up One Notch, a weekly podcast for IT professionals. Today's guest is David Wing, who is a B2B influencer marketing expert. David will talk to us today about the introduction to influencer marketing and how C-suite executives can leverage it to brand their businesses better. Hi, David. How are you doing today? Hi. Yeah, I'm well. Thanks. Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, nice to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to have you on the call. So you have been involved with doing influencer marketing for large scale enterprises and companies like Salesforce, Sage, Kingston, which happen to be more or less kind of uh, one way or another aligned with being an IT company. Uh, so I wanted to kind of utilize this opportunity to get to know a bit more about how can C-suite executives from IT industry leverage influencer marketing to promote the businesses, uh, especially on LinkedIn and other uh, professional networks. So the, I think the first question uh, that all of our audience would certainly want to know is that why businesses and in particular tech businesses need to be in, in embracing influencer marketing? Yeah, um, influencer marketing, I mean, essentially it's word of mouth. And uh, it just so happens that we're in a, in a digital world where word of mouth is a few keystrokes away or uh, you've got your in-house, you've got your, um, sorry, on, uh, on tech audio and recording capabilities that you can just do it from home like I'm doing right now. Um, and what realistically what businesses need to be doing uh, to actually further their awareness to the general public is to literally shout about themselves from the rooftops. Um, and we obviously, as I say, digitally, we don't need to shout quite so much, quite so loudly. Uh, we're able to just uh, create the content in itself and just talk about the businesses. And the reason that we are looking at influencer marketing for businesses more than anything else is because it's a slightly different way of advertising your business, but with, um, with <laughs> authenticity is the buzzword at the minute. And just being truthful, basically, to your audience and just saying we're a big business or we're a medium-sized business or we're a small business it really makes no difference because influencers go from small to large you know you can go from uh, you can go from nano all the way up to the megas um, right. and it's all dependent on budget but ultimately it's talking about your business and it's saying why you think it's worthwhile and that's right. what that's what influencer marketing is Absolutely. And I think that's, that's a very important point that you mentioned about uh, the micro influencers and nano influencers and all the way to the mega influencers. So uh, right now what's happening with LinkedIn is something like what was happening with Facebook back in 2012 and 2014, when they were kind of really promoting the content pushed out onto Facebook uh, by the micro influencers or kind of the people, the audience. And then after a while, once they built all that uh, kind of traffic on the platform, then they kind of stopped doing promoting the organic traffic and they kind of started to promote the kind of paid content so right now linkedin is really really up for kind of promoting the content that is coming from micro influencers and by mm -hmm. micro influencers what they talk about is basically uh people with less than ten thousand followers in specific so that's a <clears throat> general bracket yeah. so that's that's an interesting point and 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 i think that it industry in specific is heavily relying on technologies like for example zoom and linkedin and all of these different uh, web applications and mobile applications so in this specific segment a lot of people are using these tools like for example platforms like linkedin etc and they i mean i think uh, linkedin has more than 250 000, uh, 250 million 
people right now as active users. That's a big audience of professional people in one place. So I think that's uh, that absolutely makes sense. So it's moving on. Massive, yeah. Yeah. And how can, uh, so I think one of the primary questions in, uh, in the minds of the people who have been started on this is that how can the C-suite executives actually capitalize on their profiles? What's the starting point and what do they start off from? With, with businesses, uh, I mean, we, we talk about LinkedIn and we talk about any kind of business format. So you'll have your website, you'll have your social media, you, and, and primarily for business to business, so for, for you know, any kind of scale enterprise in itself, and you're talking about business, you're talking about Twitter and you're talking about LinkedIn. Uh, Twitter is, is uh, a little bit more reactive, uh, but is open a little bit more to being a bit more fun, I suppose. LinkedIn has has generally been seen as a very professional network, as you said. There's over 250 million people on there. You are never more than a few clicks away from a CEO, which is an amazing ability in this day and age. Twitter doesn't allow for that. Instagram certainly doesn't. Facebook doesn't. LinkedIn, you know somebody who knows somebody who knows the person you need to talk to. And all you really need to do is chat. But that's from that's from just a regular point of view. But for C-suite people, uh, individuals, it's a case of optimizing their own social so that people see them as the as the power behind or at least the, the knowledge behind the brand itself. So if you're if you're a big business and you're not actively talking about who you are and what your your ethos is, what your what your beliefs are, what your management style is, um, then then you're missing a trick. And ultimately, you need to optimize your LinkedIn profile. That uh, that means uh, making sure that you've got your banner headline. It says who you are, uh, who you work for. So if it's Salesforce, it says Salesforce in the background. You know, um, you got your picture there. You need to have your buzzword underneath or your buzz text, effectively, that says what you do, why you're in it. And you need to be sharing content that's relevant to not just the business, but your own personality as well. Because ultimately, if you're going to work for a business, you need to actually know that the people you're further up from yourself have the same mentality and the same hopes and dreams and aspirations that you do. And like any other job that you might be going for, you, you, you need to know that you want to be there and that you're going to have the opportunity to be there for a long time. And if the, and if the C-suite are talking, then they're passionate. And that's what you want. You want a passionate C-suite there talking about everything. Absolutely. And I think one of the, I was, I was just studying one of the research that currently what people before they buy from any company, what they do is they kind of look for social proof. And when by social proof, they all look on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and all of these platforms, what are the activities of those people to kind of authenticate that these guys are legitimate. Uh, so I think it adds to the authenticity of the company as well as your own authenticity when you kind of put up those details, for example, your nice looking uh, professional picture, the yeah. description of what the company does, the logo is there, the description is there, the employees. And one of the very important thing is actually the employees part. So LinkedIn, what it did very recently is that it started also showing off the actual employees that have associated themselves with a certain company. So previously it was just like, for example, there's like 5,000 people that somebody says that, all right, my company is 5,000 people uh, large. And then there's only two or three people actually working in that company. It doesn't actually work that anymore because now it says that five, five uh, for example, 200 to 500 employees. And it also mentions underneath that actually, for example, 200 people actually on LinkedIn. So yeah. that basically really tells 
the authenticity of the company as well as your own brand. So that's a great point. Yeah. Um, so, and then what methods uh, deliver the best results and what results should a certain business or a C-level executive actually expect from uh, such an in activity of influencer marketing over LinkedIn, et cetera? Within the B2B sector, I mean, it differs from B2C and we'll come on to that a bit later on, but within the B2B sector, I've always seen it as, as uh, awareness, as brand awareness more than anything else, because um, uh, it's, it's where the, the C-suite are able to actually put their, their point of view across and they, they'll see that there's character and there's heart behind a brand. And that's what I see as being the, the best results that you can get. It's when people start to interact and engage with the content that's there, sharing it themselves. And it's, and as much as, as much as any business wants to make money and uh, they've, they've got their, uh, they get, get their KPIs and they've got their sales reports and everything there. Um, and you can have your links to various other things. That's not a problem for downloads or whatever. But for me, it's always about brand awareness. And if the, if the reader, if the viewer, the watcher, whatever you want, if they are uh, paying attention to it, they're going to enjoy that much more. And from a method of delivery in itself, LinkedIn is an interesting one because you can go from one day writing two to three sentence statements with no imagery attached and it can hit uh, a thousand views. Or you, can, uh, or you can put a video up there and it's got nothing. And it's not always down to the quality of the video that you're putting out. Um, but you will see that uh, video has become more and more prevalent on LinkedIn. Literally, I scroll down my feed now and um, about, about, I'm going to be generous and say about 70% of what I'm seeing is video content. Um, and the good thing is that a lot of businesses have either in-house videographers or, quite frankly, even using your iPhone. And just and just doing that, you'll see it with a lot of influencers. You'll see it with a lot of other businesses walking around the streets, going down to the park, uh, creating an atmosphere, something that actually brings the audience in. So it just needs to be engaging. But it's trial and error. Um, it really is. It's just give it a whirl, see what works. And if it works, carry on. If it doesn't, then you shift. Nobody cares. They just want to see you putting out heartfelt content that actually is relevant. Absolutely. And I think one of the reasons you're seeing so much of video content is because LinkedIn recently started, actually launched that feature of LinkedIn Live where actually yeah. you can just kind of record a video by just press uh, the record button and you can just post out a video. It doesn't have to be production ready, edited or filmed or kind of, so they're gone out in those days. Uh, now it's all about kind of posting or kind of launching <clears throat> actual videos that have kind of, that can add value. And they're very naturally short. I mean, you just you can bust out your iPhone and just record that video and that it can have like, I don't know, 720 views and uh, 35 comments within an hour and so on and so forth. So that's very engaging. And I think that's very important to actually create engagement. You can use hashtags and so on and so forth to kind of engage with different people, tag each other. And that's something that LinkedIn actually looks very closely. So the algorithm is monitoring how much engagement is generated in the first hour. And based on that engagement, it shows that video to more people if it's yeah. getting more traction. So that's, that's a great point. And then, also, I mean, bearing in mind as well, I mean, the hashtags, but also the app mentions for, for your colleagues and friends and like-minded individuals as well. Um, as long as you're connected to them, you can add them, uh, in which case then it spirals. <coughs> you it goes to your friend to your friend's friend and you know and it just builds up 
Yeah, yeah, and I think one of the uh, one of the ways to actually do that is that uh, to basically expand or kind of build your connections is to basically start adding more people into your uh, relevant profiles into your connections, and more and more people come into your second and third degree connections. So the more connections you have, and I think LinkedIn puts up like a limit of thirty thousand people that you can actually add yeah. on LinkedIn. So uh, you, I mean, that's that's a big uh, space. For example, thirty thousand people. If you have thirty thousand direct connections, then you have like imagine the second degree connections if one of them has let's say more than 10,000 so on and so forth so that network is immense so that and is quality uh, as well it's quality yeah. connections that we're talking about it's not just you know running through a list of names and just hitting connect 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 because all you're going to get back is either people not connecting or saying why are you trying to connect with me i i'm a builder and you work in you know confectionery you know this makes no difference this makes no sense to me um so yeah, um, and then after you've hit your thirty thousand mark, then you just then it stops being able to connect, and then suddenly I think it's the follower button thereafter. So yeah. um, so the difference is the quality. So it, you know, well we'll come to it. Certainly, certainly, and it also I mean professionally as well as that age bracket. For example, you can exactly see that. All right, these are the C level executives that allows you to filter people as well. So you can kind of target a specific messaging, send it directly to the C level executives. If that is your target audience, if that if you're selling something, for example, to the director level or manager level, it really kind of allows you to uh, very flexibly uh, manage your audience in a very very uh, appropriate manner. So, all right. So, and what is what do you think is basically the difference when it comes to influencer marketing? Where uh, talking about B two B businesses versus B two C businesses. Yeah, I'm, I mean, having worked for a number of agencies um, uh, that did both B2C and B2B, uh, the, the difference is it's, it's accessibility, I suppose, more than anything else. Uh, B2C is very much an open forum for, uh, for individuals to find what they want. So if you're looking for travel influencers, travel bloggers, you can find them on LinkedIn or Facebook or, or Pinterest. Um, if you're if you're looking for people talking about food or they're or they're doing any kind of salesy aspect in itself, you can find it on the B2C side of things. It's there, and that's where the big money is made. But the B2B sector is, as I said before, it's all about awareness, and the difference is showing the quality of content that's coming through. So it's not to say at all that the B2C stuff is not quality. It really is. Some of it is spectacular, um, and you'll see that from all the awards that gets won from this. Um, but the, the difference is that um, a lot of the time, the B2C individuals that you're speaking to, while they've built up their expertise over years, um, they, they are still expertise in a very niche area in itself. Whereas B2B tend to be that it's, they're talking about content that they've, they've maybe gone to university to study or they've, they've worked at it for, for decades. So um, uh, one of the quick differences between B2C and B2B generally seems to be age. So if you're looking at B2C individuals, teenagers through to you know, mid, mid 30s, 40s, B2B generally tends to be uh, individuals that are around my age, which is 40, um, who are talking about content and, and topics that they've, they've known and they've researched and they've, um, and they've worked their career to, to amass the information for. So you're seeing expertise in a very different way, kind of a more traditional way, I suppose, with B2B. Absolutely, absolutely. That, that, I think that's a, that's a very differentiating factor. I mean, uh, that basically you are able to see whether these belong to the B2B market or B2C and kind of uh, relevant uh, 
in according to their profiles and everything, you can kind of position yourself in front of them and get your message across to them. Uh, what about uh, the importance of uh, in-house advocacy when it comes to influencer marketing? It's, it's key. Um, influencer marketing, just to break it down more than anything else, influencer marketing is where a brand will find experts in their area to talk about their business. So that's and while you're at sorry to cut you while you're at it also talk to us what exactly you mean by in-house advocacy because that term might not be very familiar with a lot of audience on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's fine. So B2B advocacy as external uh, general uh, sorry B2B influencer marketing is generally external experts like we've talked about that have real uh, real ability and real knowledge in an area. In in-house advocacy or employee advocacy is where you speak to your own staff who are invested have their own social channels and it doesn't have to be anything they can have a hundred followers they can have a hundred thousand followers in-house or in employee advocacy doesn't care all it cares about is getting the voice across so i'm asking yourself to to talk about your business you're doing it off your own back because you're invested in the business you want it to succeed you want to grow uh, and you want to do everything you can because you 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 value the business and what they're talking about and you think other people will appreciate it as well and that's what you see with influencer marketing as a whole. People sharing content because they want other people to know that it's value. And employees and in-house advocacy is all about value sharing. So it's more like teamwork, right? You have to make sure that it's not just one person who is appearing on all the uh, social fronts. It has to be kind of a team effort where everyone is collectively targeting all different channels and mediums to kind of yeah. promote the business and brand. Yeah, when it comes around to any kind of influencer program, you'll have a strategy organized and, and, and you'll align people's, uh, people's activities accordingly. So uh, a brand will offer a certain amount of video content that they might want somebody to share or some blog posts that they want them to talk about on social media. Um, the trick is always making sure that you're as, as invested as your employees might be, that they are in line with your marketing structure and your strategy. And because you, you will find that they'll sometimes get really excited and start sharing content about your brand that are out and about. And they might do it within the confines that isn't a brand aligned. So they might start talking about how great this software is while having a pint and their friends are shouting obscenities in the background. This is obviously not what you want. It's not great for you. You get into trouble. So it's just a bit of common sense, really. If you're going to big up and really embrace it, do it and think about the marketing structure first. And then you can go for it, you know, uh, Jen, then your brand will be very happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Fantastic. So I think this was a great conversation. Uh, let's catch up again and kind of shoot out some more podcasts together and uh, kind of uh, make the new people in the IT industry more aware about the influencer marketing and how they can take this kind of journey ahead. All I'd right. Love to. I'd love to. Thank you so much Thank for having so me today. Much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.